0: So, fresh off one of our more impressive wins of the year, not for the fact that it was in any way a good game of football, but more to the point that we got to beat the arch enemy Carlton and then subsequently move to second on the ladder, which I don't think any of us would have said after five rounds this year uh, at the start of the season. All is looking well at Collingwood, but we turn our eyes to the next challenge, but before that, I want to introduce Gone Critical. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, and uh, happy days.
1: Yes, and in one
0: week, Carlton, the next. What could be better? It's exciting, isn't it? It's always it's always nice being on on top of both those clubs to start with. I mean, because there is a natural rivalry born between our supporter bases, but you know, to see them in a bit of strife and struggling, and you know, the Bombers only just getting over the line against the Saints, it, it, it's good to watch, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, I wouldn't say we're just on top of them. i say we're looking over this massive precipice and there they are right down the bottom of it. and We are just we can barely see them anymore.
0: I mean, I had a, I had a discussion with a Carlin supporting friend of mine um, and he was trying to find excuses for why they didn't win the game. And I, I just had to rattle off to him that not only did we have the less experienced side, we also had the younger side out there and we were still 75 points better. So, you know, to think of... To think to where we've where we've come from and, uh, uh, and 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 what the thoughts were about us, the perceptions of us as a, as a side at the start of the year, to see where we've come uh, to this point has been pretty impressive.
1: Absolutely, I would have said to your friend, try and find an excuse for why your team stopped trying. Forget about winning; they stopped trying.
0: Oh, well, they were witches' hats out there, weren't they? It was um, you know what? I, I never I never thought I'd say this, but I felt a little bad for Mick. As a coach on such a big occasion, I would have thought that you, you know that your players would come out and, and actually give something for you. But gee, that was um, it was insipid.
1: Well, you're younger than me, so I, I it never crossed my mind to feel sorry for anyone at Carlton. <laughs> that didn't happen. But I was I was fortunate enough to uh, have an invite on the uh, Jock McCall table to the uh, Carlton's president's uh, dinner. Oh wow! So if you want to uh, if you wanted to go to a football match at a morgue, that's what it was like. Really. They were very silent.
0: Right. They were very sad. Yes. Well, that's a bit of a shame. But you know what? At the end of the day, um, their loss is our game. Um, and I was fairly impressed by a number of, uh, by a number of our boys. Um, I, I, I may owe a little apology to Jackson Ramsey um, I know I've always liked him, but I've been quite critical of him this year. Um, he certainly made a believer out of me last week, uh, last week especially being seven games into his uh, his very young career. I thought he was uh, he was one of the standouts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, thought, I think that the thing he's developed is that real attacking edge of taking the game on a bit, which I must say, I hadn't seen that. I mean, I'd seen a bit of it in the VFL, but I really didn't think he'd translate it so well to the AFL. He, he, he really picks his moments and goes hard at the ball and then breaks the line. And uh, that can become a permanent part. He's a, he's a part of the team potentially, which I, mu- I must say I didn't have him down as that early on.
0: I wouldn't have thought of him ever to be the type. When I, when I saw him in his first couple of games, I think last year, um, he played a nice shutdown role. I didn't think we'd get a lot of rebound out of him. Mm. And I thought maybe he's the natural successor to someone like Tuvi, similar height, similar athletic makeup. Um but you're right. His ability to take the game on, um, and when he gets a bit of time and space, he actually hits targets quite well. Um, yes, yeah, has, has been has been pretty impressive. Adams came back, had a good game. Pendles was himself. Um, I think Pendles. That was Pendles. I think
1: that was Pendles' best game for quite a while, actually. I thought he just, he just, uh, he was at a different level from the rest of the. I know he is often, but he was I just thought he was back to his back to his real best on
0: uh, on the, on Friday. Oh, look! It, it, it was a, it was a big performance for him. Look, I, I I just I just think when the game is there to be won, he takes it by the scruff of the neck, and that's something that I reckon three years ago it was a characteristic he didn't have. It's it's something that, that's I think been born out of captaincy for him. He's really mm-hmm. grown into that that role as you know as a as a player and as a leader. Um, yeah. It's it's what Swan used to do a couple of years ago. where really dominate and control a game from from his point of view. Um, so I, I was, I've, I'm always impressed by Pendlebury. I, I I can never say a bad word about him. Really, mm, yeah. No,
1: he was he was fantastic. Uh,
0: Brody Grundy just keeps getting better. It's it's amazing. We, we we can't stop seeing the praises of this young man. I mean, he's he's only what twenty one, you know. And I keep thinking back what I was doing at twenty one, but this guy's. Dominating route contests at AFL level, you know, he had to deal with two big lumps um, in Warnock and Cameron Wood, um, future Carlton Hall of Fame Cameron Wood. And, and Whilst he might not have won the hit out battle, I think individually, you know, he probably had a bigger impact than both of them put together. I think he had more disposals than the two of them put together. So, and
1: he's he's just his
0: groundwork, you
1: know, that goal that he kicked with when you look at him kick that goal, he was uh, that was a Ruck Rover type goal, you know, he just yeah. grabbed the ball out of a pack and uh, turned onto his and you know, for a
0: ruckman to do that at 21 is uh, really promising. And his most impressive stat of all for me nine tackles for the game, and that yes, means. Yes. And to me, that, to me, that just shows he, he may not win a tap, but as soon as the ball comes down, he's an extra midfielder.
1: Yes, yeah, that's his big advantage.
0: And hopefully we get to see a bit more of that, um, a bit more of that when he gets slightly relieved of the ruck duties this week with, uh, with Jared Witts being back in, but more on that later. Talking about returns, um, we had Ben Kennedy return through the VFL playing a good game of football. He's one that... I know he's been unlucky, he's had some injuries and some illness concerns, but this is a bit of a big year for him because I think that come the start of the year, we would have all thought, okay, this kid's got to establish himself as best 22. But I don't think any of us really expected the team to be as good as it is. Now, where does that put a guy like Ben Kennedy who he really now has to fight for his spot? Mm.
1: Well, I think he does. I think he's in that mix of people that are expecting to play, and he hasn't had the chance because of his glandular fever and things. But he was very good pre season, yep. and and I went down and watched. I, I I was lucky enough. I got there at quarter time for the VFL, so I saw all his three quarters. And and he he stood out. His centre square work was fantastic, and um, uh, he's he's AFL ready. He just needs the opportunity. But then when you look at that and you say, well, also we've got to put back side bottom. We've got to put back Greenwood. We've got, Sheronberg more. Freeman, who are all guys that we hope in Duguay, of course, and Duguay is fantastic too, Yeah, to step in. So there's six or eight guys potentially that want to be in the first team and have got claims to it.
0: Yep. And we've got all these other guys that are playing well. I think that was the thing. When I watched Ben Kennedy as a, as, as an under-18s player, he really thrived in the contest in and under. And I think he, that year he was South Australia's best midfielder um, and really took the contest on and really had a good relationship with Brodie Grundy. That transition of that game into AFL level, that I think is key for him. Because I think if he plays any other role than that, I think he might find himself a little bit at sea. I don't see him being a, a, a damaging small forward or a half forward, but I think he needs to be in the coal face. And that's going to be difficult to push himself into, um, given the way we've currently structured up. Mm. Oh, well, look, I think, and he's but he's good
1: enough to. I think he's good enough. He's just got to get his chance, and then it's going to be tough because when he, you know, he's one of those guys that when he gets his chance, he's probably going to have to take it straight away. You can't yeah. have that luxury of having a down game the day you go. You got your chance. So yeah, absolutely, it's just the competition. But I oh, look, he's 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 a good player, mm. and
0: he's a lovely player to have sitting in the sidelines. Well, you managed to get down to the VFL. What were some of the other main takeaways on a couple of uh, a couple of the other boys? Well, I, I was
1: again super impressed with goey He was he just so big and strong for a kid, poised, good hands, kicked three goals and good quality goals. I thought he he was great. Marsh in the back line was he played on Redpath and Redpath was a tough matchup because he's a big boy and he's pretty quick. So he, he got him a few times, but. Especially in the last quarter, Marsh was, you know, he was the captain of the back line, intercept marks a few times, intercept plays, and then took off. So he, he was very impressive. Abbott, first time I'd seen Abbott. Dude, he's an exciting-looking young man, <laughs> big fella. Yep. Yep. Um, looks like he's got some tools, whether he gets fit enough. or, But he's, he's got really something to play with. Um, Maynard got KO'd early, so we didn't really get to see him.
0: And I've loved I've loved watching his game. I mean all yeah. the highlights I've seen of him. He's looked like a bona fide best twenty-two player for us in the future, next season, whatever. He's got it. He's got it all written yeah. all over him. Yeah. Sharonberg played, which was great. Great to see him get through. Look,
1: I think I looked at a few I, I was one of those people. I'm and I'm very much in the camper. I want to see what he does, but I want to give him time. He looked rusty, he looked which he's going to be because he's two years out of the game. So I don't I just want to give him time in the VFL. He's going yep. to be a player, but he doesn't have to play in the next ten weeks. You know, if it, it's no—if he look—if he comes good and slays them in the VFL, fantastic. But if he takes ten weeks to get up to
0: speed, then that's not a problem. I mean, I wouldn't even have a problem with them experimenting him with him in VFL level. Starting off the halfback, maybe do a couple of run with rolls to get that fitness and get a bit of contact around the ball, get a run through the middle, and when he's starting to accumulate those 20, 25 possession games, or when he's having a really assured game down back. We talked about this last week with Freeman and the whole mental thing about the injury. It's such a big thing to overcome. So I think getting the kid to challenge himself in different ways uh, might be good for his, his preparation as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And Freeman's the other I mean, Freeman, just, Freeman still looks at C. I
1: mean, he's, you can see he's a player, but he's, just, he's missed a year of footy. He's just a kid. You just give him time. He'll come good. But don't, don't anyone worry.
0: If Sharenberg and Freeman aren't up and running this year, just don't even worry. No, absolutely not. If Jaren burke Freeman, and Darcy Moore don't play a game this year, I'm not going to be overly concerned by it at no. all. Yeah, they're three top ten picks. Um, they're obviously talented. Um, and it's not their first couple of years that we're, and especially if what's keeping them out is maybe a touch of form, but also a good performing side and players above them, that's not a problem <laughs> for the set In fact, that anything for us, that's that's good depth. Yeah, absolutely. And so, that's, why, um, that's
1: why it's your Kennedys and things. Three years into their career, they're the ones that are this. This year is critical for them to start making their mark. The other guys, we can yep. say, just you know, take your time. Oops.
0: Yeah, it's not it's it's not incumbent upon them to be the best they can be this year. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with you there. A little bit of shameless promotion for the Collingwood website um, from Lily Street. The VFL wrap up for anyone who can't get down. It's actually quite a good show. Um, what Pebbles lacks in personality. Um, it's, it's more than made up for by, uh, by McAffer and, uh, and, uh, and, and just the boys in general, getting that inside view uh, after the game, uh, having a chance to actually listen to Scharenberg speak and seeing him be so composed and uh, almost relieved, I thought, after the game. So yeah, yeah. Um, great show. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, definitely get into it. Now, turning our attention onto, um, in my opinion, the most underrated uh, modern rivalry uh, or rivalry of the modern era, um, starting in 2007, three preliminary finals, culminating in a grand final um, that we were on the wrong end of in 2011. Collingwood, Geelong, these two teams have almost been a barometer um, for the competition. For well, they were for about five years. You know, Geelong were the measuring stick um, on how business should be conducted between 2007 and 2012. And we were the upstarts in the middle who really gave them a shake, uh, and and ultimately it was us toppling them that, that, that proved to be the big charging point for our premiership run. It's it's been a storied rivalry that I don't think gets the attention it deserves uh, in the modern day. Uh, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on the Cats, GC? Oh,
1: look, I think the Cats are one of the great sides that I've seen. I, 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 the best side I ever saw was the Hawthorne side of the 80s and early 90s, and I think Geelong is the next best side. I, I have them above. They're, they're era from 07 to 11, um, better than Brisbane, better than the current Hawthorne, better than the great Carlton sides of the, the, the 70s. So uh, they've, they've been a really special team, and we have we've been able to take them on and beat them often, but I think they're just coming off the... You know, I think they're on the downhill run now. Mm. I think their older guys are going to struggle. And I don't think their juniors are as good as they think they are.
0: So uh, I'm confident. I mean we talk about their era from being from 2007 and we all, and we all forget that in 2004 2005 they made consecutive prelims. So they yeah. were they were they were quite a good side for a long period of time. I I, I find it really interesting. I've got a few mates to support Geelong that you know a 20 2011 you know us and Geelong met in the grand final 2012. We both had pretty decent seasons afterwards. But from that point on we've taken divergent paths. You know the Cats have kept building and tried to almost sneak a premiership, let's try and get one in while we've got the old guys there. We've jettisoned a bit of our, well, a fair bit of our premiership winning side, uh, whether it be to retirement, whether it be trading, etc. taken two very different paths. And I think you're seeing, because since then, Geelong haven't won a flag, but I think since then, Collingwood are in a better position to win a flag than Geelong are. And I think that, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the plan that Buckley laid out um, is certainly the one that's going to bear more fruit than at least the current Geelong situation is.
1: I think they are at the moment. Um, You know, I I think Geelong Geelong are in a different boat in a way because this is a side that's come off three premierships. So, I mean, they're well and truly into the level of whatever. It's just gravy from now on for them. And I wouldn't – I don't think they were in a position to do anything else much more, whereas Bucks made a much more strategic decision. He he had two ways he could have gone, and he's chosen the way he's gone. And it's looking promising at the moment. And I think it's – and because I don't think he would have snagged another flag either No. going going the all-out route. So I think that's the better – it's the better way for us to have gone. And I've questioned it at times myself, but I think that's right. But I think Geelong had to go. Their, their team was more mature. Their team was – it was let's let's see what we can make out of this team that's won three flags already. So, but I think, and I think we're seeing where those two teams are now. Where I mean, we we're heading up for sure, and they're heading down.
0: Is there is there a conversation that needs to be had, or at least considered, about? C- comparing the teams that properly bottom out to the ones that decide to, to rebuild on the run. Now, I, I don't consider us a team that, that's that's bottomed out. We've we traded into some really good picks and we've gotten some really good youth into our side through drafting. But your teams like Richmond who haven't bottomed out properly or haven't gotten an early pick since 2005 where they picked up Trent Cotchin, and Geelong since 2006 where they got Joel Selwood at pick seven... Is it important to get that that influx of youth into supplement your stars, or you know? Because right now, what, what I look through the, Geelong, the long the list here, right? I look at the name, some of the names on there. Now Murdoch, I don't see as much of a player. Gregson, first season, but I don't really love him as a player. Cam Guthrie, uh, Jed Buse. I'm looking through this list. You know, Mitch Mitch Duncan to me, I think has been a perennial overachiever based on the team that's been around him. Mm-hmm. So. Is there a significant dearth in talent if you don't bottom out?
1: Yeah, yes and no. I mean I think there's, I think the, the, the thing the big difference probably is in what Geelong have been great at and I think what Sydney have been great at and what ourselves we have been pretty good at, Hawthorne have been very good at his development. So mm. I mean it's as important as getting those early draft picks. Um, I think when you when you look at Richmond and you mention other teams that haven't you look at Sydney, Sydney haven't bottomed out at all. Yeah. And they've been, they won premierships in 2005, grand final 2006. They stayed in the finals. They won another flag. They've, they, I, I think that's the way the best teams do it. I don't think you have to bottom out. You have to be able to pick your, pick your team, pick your marks and then develop your players and have it a culture, a winning culture. Cause I think the teams that bottom bottom out and you look at Melbourne, you look at Carlton, these type teams and think that they're going to pick up again by getting all these number 1 draft picks and that if they haven't got the culture if they don't have the development side it just doesn't work so I'm I'm much happier not to bottom out and say let's make sure we've got a good club a good culture and a good development line coming through because that's where that's where you'll
0: find players it certainly seems like a combination of both those factors working for us and other teams like the Bulldogs. But shifting our attention to this week, three changes. Um, out goes Corey Galt, omitted. Uh, Jackson Ramsey, unfortunately, with a shin injury and Paul Seedsman with a glute injury. Not surprising considering he's worked his ass off in the past couple of weeks. In Jared wit for his first game of the year, Tim Broomhead, and probably the surprise of a week, Tony Armstrong making his AFL return. I never meant to call.
1: Um. Yeah, it's, it's a surprise. Uh, I guess one thing I'd say he he does have, he does have a, a good foot. He has played at this level, and and he, even last year when he came in, he did it reasonably successfully, and perhaps we weren't expecting him to. So it's not
0: a terrible pick. It's just a bloody surprising pick. I'm shocked. It's interesting, given I think he's missed. Um, the last VFL game, the last two yeah. VFL games with a bit yeah. of a minor injury. I mean, it's certainly not a bad like for like swap. You know, if you think Ramsey Armstrong or Season for Armstrong rebound out of a half back line makes a bit of sense in that regard. And if you look at the emergencies and the other ones that were best on ground, you know, who were, you know, Degoe, Marsh is actually an emergency, which is great for him and, and full congratulations to the boy because he's obviously developing quite well. And Corey Gold, you know, you've got, you've got to replace run with a little bit of run. Um, yeah. I think but you're right with the
1: seeds. I think if you look seedsman and Ramsey, Armstrong sort of makes sense because he, you know, he's, he's, he can deliver the ball. He can use the ball well. So he can do that seedsman-type role. Maybe
0: not as well. But he, he's, I, I think that's obviously where they've come from. I'm hoping this means my man Patrick Karnesas gets a full game in the AFL this week. So oh. I don't want to see him with the vest again. That would really annoy
1: me. I think he has to. I don't, I don't, there's no doubt. He won't have the best this week.
0: I'd imagine either Armstrong or maybe Dwyer. Dwyer was pretty successful come Anzac Day with um, with with that sub role. But it's interesting because now we've played a couple of games in a row. Now our Anzac Day was a you know, hotly contested game, um, and we certainly didn't walk it through. Uh, but last week was a bit of a doddle, um, and the week before us and we had St Kilda. So I, I think it's interesting. The sub choice for us becomes a really interesting thing because. Because we haven't been tested in those late-game scenarios or in a close-game scenario since round one, it's interesting to know who to put in, who's going to be that impact player for us. But I think I think Dwyer, to me, really serves that role pretty well.
1: Yeah, oh, I think he certainly can play that role. I just think... I just can't see why Armstrong would... Why you'd start Armstrong with him missing, as you say. I mean, he was out the first quarter of the week before he missed last week. So it's a surprise even from that. I didn't think he was even fit to play, let alone play... AFL so I just think he's the natural natural guy to probably uh start there and,
0: and come on. Fairly confident in us getting a win this week? Yeah, really.
1: I think I look I and I do respect Geelong. I think they're they've been a great team, but I just think they're I think they've got too many guys over the hill at the moment. I think they're struggling a bit. It's no lay down Mazaire. it's not like last week, but um I think and we match well against Geelong. It's a team I think we've played well against over the years. So yeah, I'm pretty confident.
0: Oh, I certainly like them as a team. I certainly like the way they go about it. So um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty confident, though, heading to the game tomorrow night. So fingers crossed, get over the line. Just to finish on some brilliant news for us this week, um, Jamie Elliott and Tom Langdon signing on for another three years each, respectively, um, two young pillars of our side that, uh, that, that have committed to us going forward. Um, I, I think this is brilliant news for us, and it, and it starts to affirm... Um, the faith that these boys are that you know really have in the club in our direction, so I think it's great news,
1: fantastic news. I mean, Jamie Elliott's just uh, you know, he had a little quiet patch, but I think he's just turning on now. And Tommy Langdon, just has, you know, he looks future captain material, he looks you know, for a guy
0: who's playing his second year, he just looks so assured, uh, he's a beauty. There was, a, there was a quote out of the article that Tom Langdon signed the scruffy dog actually quoted um, saying uh, that Langdon or was Langdon was quoted as saying I actually use it as motivation that 17 clubs didn't want me it works out well because it's not like a few clubs wanted me no one else wanted me mm-hmm. so every single club I come up against I think stuff you and it's good motivation and mm-hmm. I love that attitude that's that's great you know if you can if you know, keep that fire burning and that passion, um, mm. someone, it's something that Maxwell had throughout his career. Just this, this, this mm. you know, th- that feeling of you know what? No one, everyone was happy to to write me off and reject me, but I am going to prove you all wrong. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Bit of psychology never goes astray. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, great that both those boys have signed on, and uh, and hopefully they're with us for uh, for a long time to come. Absolutely. GC, thank you for being on tonight. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thank
1: you. Yep. Uh... It's looking – it's nice to be playing the way we are. I think we just temper our things and say we know who we've played so far, but we've played well, so uh, onwards and upwards.
0: Absolutely. It's good that we're settling – more upwards, wouldn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. It's good that we're settling into the season well. This week, game against Richmond, which I always want to win, so I'm looking forward to that podcast. But, uh, yeah, one week at a time at the moment. Magpie Girl, thanks for coming on tonight.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've been on, but it's been a pleasure listening. (laughs)
0: I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> you should have butted in. You know, we were waiting. rude. <laughs> no, but hopefully, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, you enjoy the footballs tomorrow night. And it's not too windy and cold. And um, hopefully, it's an it's an enjoyable evening for all. I can cope with the wind and cold. I just don't want to be sitting in the rain. Because I won't go if it's raining. <laughs> Look, I hope to get down to my second game of the year. I hope it's more more beneficial for us than my first. I was there at the Adelaide game, so um, I know that if we lose this week, it might be my last for the year.
1: And we'll be blaming you. It'll be your fault. Mm -hmm.
0: And I will openly take the blame for that. But for another week, uh, this is The Mighty T signing up.